Our loved ones are often the reason we work so hard. So it is extremely important that you make sure that your loved ones are cared for if something ever were to happen to you. You need to preserve the resources you have for their benefit. Learn what you need to do to prepare your assets if anything were to happen to you. Tune into this week's episode of Stand Out and Grow to learn more. Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. This is episode nine of Stand Out and Grow. Gotcha. Today, I want to introduce you to someone who helps people and business owners protect their assets. Our loved ones are often the reason we work so hard. So it is extremely important that you make sure that your loved ones are cared for if something happens to you and you preserve the resources you have for their benefit. Please join me in welcoming Gifford Collins, CEO of Collins Law Firm. Um, My guest has studied international business in Belgium, learned to speak French. He spent time in England and Spain in 2004. Uh, He had the good fortune to travel around the world through Europe, Asia, and Australia. And he studied international law at the University of Toronto in in Canada uh, and the East China School of Politics and Law in Shaihe. Welcome, Gif. How Hi. are you? How are great. you today? Awesome, I'm awesome. Great. We are so excited to have you as our guest today on the Stand Out and Grow show. And uh, so I got to read this statement that I found um, that I read on your bio. And I just want to read it out loud because I loved it. And I think it really lays the land for our conversation today to any business owner that is listening uh, right now. Okay. Okay. Imagine that you travel out to a piece of land and begin to build without any plans. You have no architectural guidelines or construction blueprints. It would seem unwise, wouldn't it? And yet, in my profession, I encounter this type of thinking related to estate estate planning on a daily basis. Can you elaborate a little bit on this? Because I love this. It really does lay the, kind of the groundwork that I, I can envision that. Yeah. So, you know, what I'll run into is people are always concerned about their estate plan. Uh, you know, what will happen to them if they become incapacitated or if they were to pass away suddenly. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they will have done a little bit here, a little bit there sometimes, or sometimes nothing at all. They might have some powers of attorney in place. Uh, They may have a loved one as a power of attorney on one bank account, but not another. 
they may have actually created a trust with an attorney, but they didn't take the next step of actually uh, transferring any assets into that trust. So, you know, they'll, they'll come to me and they, a lot of times they'll think that they do have an effective estate plan in place. And once we look closer at it, it ends up not being an effective estate plan for them, or they have something in place that doesn't really put together everything that they'd like to happen if something were to happen to them. So, so if, so let me see if I'm clear here. So when you, a lot of times when you meet um, these people, they have bits and pieces of what they should have, but not anything that's like really clear and concise. Right. And it might not work exactly as they'd like it. Maybe they found, uh, you know, a do-it-yourself will kit or do-it-yourself trust kit online. And when they filled it out, they thought they filled it out in a way that would essentially uh, give them what they want. But, you know, when you take a closer look at some of the provisions of those trusts or wills, um, you know, it could be a different result for them. Gotcha. Okay. So just so that my audience knows um, why we're talking to you today, uh, I'm just going to recap here so that we can kind of lay the groundwork because there's three main focus of what we're going to talk about. One, business law. So things that you can do to help businesses with their the different things that they run into. And we'll go through that, okay? And um, you'll t walk us through the different pieces of why someone should hire an attorney to go through some of the things that you manage for them, okay? The second thing is a trust. Um, I, I, I know for a fact when I talk to entrepreneurs, it's not something that's talked about. And I know that I uh, work with uh, some clients that find themselves in situations because they didn't have anything in place, whether it be the trust or the final thing, the wheel uh, that wasn't in place. So let's just go right into the business law. So for a business entrepreneur, you know, um, what are the different things that you can help a business owner with? So in case they don't know, you know, this is what you should call an attorney for to help handle this for you. Yeah. So it's kind of a cliche, but, uh, one of the ways to explain it is, you know, you want to start with the end in mind. So a lot of business owners, they get stuck doing the business work without thinking about, you know, how, what is the business doing for them? Uh, they, they're doing the day-to-day -day work uh, without actually having a plan about how to transfer the value of that business to their loved ones if something were to happen to them. So by coming to an attorney, those are, those are some of the things that, that we can do to set up a system that will transfer that value from the individual small business owner to their family um, because small business owners you know we know that most of the value is wrapped up into that owner they know how the business works they have all the business contacts uh, and if they weren't around their business wouldn't be worth nearly what it would be with them there so some of the tools that we use are different agreements uh, either between, you know, the owner and other owners 
or the owner and employees. Uh, sometimes there are third-party purchasers that are involved. But, for example, if you're a small business owner and you have someone that you feel you would like to take over the business, it could be a family member, it could be a, a key employee, or it could just be a competitor um, who might want to purchase that business. If it's a family member, the things that we would do is, you know, how do we equalize the inheritance? So if one of the kids is going to receive the business, how do we, you know, compensate or uh, give an inheritance to the other kids who aren't involved with the business? So a lot of times that will involve a business valuation. And that raises its own questions because how, you know, what's, what's the value of the business? Um, if it's a key employee, we'll want to have some sort of buy-sell agreement or a key employee agreement that would uh, dictate when that key employee could purchase the business either from the owner themselves or from the owner's family members if something were to happen to that owner. And that often in involves you know, an insurance policy on the business owner that if they die, that death benefit will give cash to that key employee that the key employee can then use to purchase the business from, you know, the, f the family members that, that survive that business owner. Um, and then with a competitor, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that we can uh, set up a deal where a competitor could come in and essentially just purchase the business uh, or if it's over time, doing a percentage of sales and those kind of things. So uh, for small business owners, taking these steps is extremely important because a lot of times if you do it right, it could be a five-year process. Um, and I strongly encourage my clients to do that because all of these things that you're doing to prepare for an exit plan or to prepare for business succession, these are all going to be great exercises to help your business be more efficient while you're alive. Right. All right. So, so what you're saying is if you're a business owner, you should have a succession plan period, no matter what, whether it's going to go to an employee family or um, in case of death or something. Yes. Yes, definitely. And, you know, some of the things that we do, you know, we'll take the policy, a look at the policies and procedures. Uh, we'll see if, the owner were to, you know, take a couple of weeks off or, you know, if they were to become disabled, would the business be able to continue? Would someone be able to come in and look at those, like the employee handbook or other documents in the business and continue the business without the owner being there? Because having those type of policies and procedures in place adds a ton of value to the business. And it transfers, yeah, it, tr it transfers that value from the owner into the business itself. So those are, you know, some of the things that we look at. Okay, so I'm just going to explain a situation that um, I, not me personally, but one of my clients had. And you, if you can tell me what a resolution would have been, okay. Um, so I'll this. Give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay, I know you got this, Kip. <laughs> Uh, so I had a client who was verbally promised the business 
including like all the, what is it? The equipment and, you know, furniture and everything. Um, and what happened was that, and this was a long conversation, I wouldn't say like five years. And what happened was that person, instead of selling it or, or as he, he agreed to pass it on to the employee, he just liquidated everything. Like, is, was there a way for that employee to somehow protect herself? Well, I mean, the, the first thing would be to get it in writing for sure. Um, you know, and uh, so, yes. Okay. Uh, so know, whether and, she, whether she prompted him to let's go see an attorney, you know what I mean? Like she could have did that. Oh yeah, definitely. I, with that, I mean, we'd look at it, that could be a key employee situation. And, you know, again, um, those, those key employee agreements, they can, you touched on a great point. Those are, you know, what your friend was experiencing was the opportunity to purchase a business that they already knew. Right. And, uh, that's valuable to them. But the, the, person that was selling the business may not have had a whole lot of confidence that there was um, enough money that the employee could pay them for the equipment, um, you know, whether the, that key employee could continue the business in a way where the owner could continue to receive a percentage of the revenue. For example, if, if your friend, you know, was, was going to receive the equipment as a result of a sale of the business and the financing arrangement was, you know, 20% of what the revenue for the business was over a year. Maybe that previous owner was worried that the, the business wouldn't continue in a profitable manner and that they wouldn't get their money. So what, what you could do, you know, and I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but there, you know, there's a, hundred different situations that could arise there, yep. which is why it's important to speak with an attorney because, you know, attorneys, it, a lot of times for business owners and employees, this is the first time that they've had to deal with something like that. But right, right. an attorney that works in business succession will have seen a lot of different scenarios already and can account for those in a properly drafted by sell agreement. Um, and make suggestions about how to finance, how to finance that purchase, whether it's through, like I mentioned before, the life insurance policy, or maybe it's just a commercial loan from a bank. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different ways that you can finance these deals, and in ways that uh, will be beneficial for both parties. Right. Right. No, that that makes total sense. Um, okay. So. Um, and I have a lot of examples because I want anybody who is uh, listening to kind of like relate or identify themselves with some of these situations. And I feel like some of the things that I run into uh, when I work with clients are not an anomaly. You know what I mean? Like they're not. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll run into scenarios that happen over and over again. A right. lot of times people will feel like. You know, and there are unique situations, of course, and each deal is different. Um, and really, that's kind of also related to the individuals involved. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. Uh, you know, and in the family situation where there's a small business, 
each one of the children and, and, and the parents' attitudes towards money um, and those kind of things can be a lot different right, as well. Right, right, And maybe the parents are savers and the kids are spenders. And, you know, so those are all things that you can understand in trying to structure a deal uh, for for business succession. So let's talk about that for a moment, because I do run into clients who are passing their company down to the next generation. So they're, you know, sons, daughters, brother, uh, daughter-in-law, or you know what I mean? Uh, son-in-law, whatever. Yeah. Um, so should there be a formal way to do that? Or do they just pass it down and say, now they're in charge? I mean, is there a process to protect them? Yes and yes. Uh, And that's what I was alluding to before was, you know, it can be, you know, if you do it correctly, depending on the size of the business, it could be five years of preparation. So if you have a family member, maybe they are fresh out of college or they've been in the business for a couple of years and they're very good in one specific part of the business, but they wouldn't necessarily be capable of, of running the entire business on their own. You, you can go through exercises, and of course, I, I don't do this all on my own, right? There's um, other business coaches and turnaround specialists, if necessary, who have resources to teach or at least identify strengths and weaknesses of these uh, potential business owners yep. to determine where they, they could use some extra help. You know, maybe it is in the finance area or maybe they're very good in the finance area, but they could use some help in HR. Okay. Uh, Maybe they're great in HR, but, you know, they need help with understanding how the tech in the company works. Um, And then, you know, because a lot of times parents are worried, one, you know, is, is the business going to continue in a profitable manner after I pass? Um, But also it can be, you know, I, I, they know that the family member is going to be able to run the business, but maybe the, the, the cycle, the, um, I'm blanking on my, uh, phrase here, but the, um, time to get up to speed could be shortened. Okay. You know, where you can identify some issues that could occur after, you know, that, that would take a while to correct if, if the original business owner wasn't around and prepare that that family member to uh, run the business in in a good way, and then avoid some of the the downturn or the the lower cycle or loss of revenue, just caused by that new owner getting up to speed on how the business works. Right, right, and and that's understandably okay. I'm gonna throw another wrench at you. Okay, this. Uh, so I know probably three people where this happened, and um, you, you you just give me your professional analysis and and then what route you would take, and um, and we kind of chatted about this before, but I'm just I I love using this ex- this example because I think it happens more often than not, where the uh, the husband or wife had the business and then all of a sudden something happened and they're deceased and then nothing was in place and the the spouse or the partner, it's now thrown in their lap 
and things are in probate and whatever, but they still have to run the business because there's employees. There's, do you know what I'm saying? Like there's all this other stuff that's still there. Like that, that can be prevented, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It, it, It can certainly be prevented. And yeah, that's probably a good way that a lot of businesses end up not making it past the first generation, you know, is because there is improper planning. Maybe the business is going amazingly well right before something happens to the main owner and all of a sudden you know the business one isn't doing as well because no one really knows how to keep up with what the business needs to get done Uh, but then you've got these administrative hoops that you may have to go through in order to get access to accounts and those kind of things and those those aren't activities that are going to generate any money for the business so and of course none of this is legal advice because i don't have you know all the facts but typically what you can do is set up you know a trust whether it's revocable or irrevocable and that whether it's a revocable or irrevocable trust kind of depends on a lot of different issues but uh and then you know you can have that business structure owned by the trust in a lot of cases and then the there can be a buy-sell agreement for the business itself. So if something were to happen to the owner, the buy-sell agreement specifically says that, you know, the the voting shares or the control or management of that company goes to a specific person that can then just slide into that management position and, and continue the operations of the business without trying to go through probate or other administrative avenues to try and get control of the company. Um, and, and this is why I, you know, when you're talking to attorneys, why it's so easy to say that, you know, if, if you think attorneys are expensive on the front end, you could, you should, you know, think about how much it costs on the back end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's costing the the one example, it's costing her an arm and a leg to fix this now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even on an individual basis, if you think about even a very basic financial power of attorney, you know, if you don't have one of those in place, a lot of times if you become disabled, your loved ones are going to have to go to court to get appointed your guardian so they can make financial decisions for you. Right. And you can avoid that by having a simple financial power of attorney in place. And one, you avoid the heartache of having to make these type of decisions in a time of crisis. Two, the cost of having to go to court. And three, the time it takes just to get all this stuff done. And, you know, you hear financial advisors talking about it, avoiding your downside. And that's... I liken that to estate planning because if you have the right documents in place, the amount of downtime and downside you have is lessened by having these documents in place. Uh, And it it does. It saves you that time. It saves you the heartache and it it saves you the money from having to go to court to get get these things done. Right. So, you know, it. People sometimes, this is definitely an area of law where people can drag their feet because they really kind of relate it to um, just their their death. They don't think about incapacity. Well, and, you know, it's like life insurance. Nobody wants to 
acknowledge that they're going to die one day. So the same thing with, you know, the wills and the trusts is nobody wants to believe or think that they, something bad will happen to them, you know? Yeah, we're all going to live forever. Right. But the thing, you know, to emphasize is this really is protecting the people that get left behind. You know what I mean? Like, because... Oh, yeah. It's such a gift. It is such a gift to your loved ones to think ahead and have these things in place where it is so much easier to transfer these assets to who you'd like to receive them. Um, and just, you know, because again, this is when they're dealing with these things, usually it's in a situation where it's better that they, that they're grieving or handling other things than having to worry about all of this stuff. I mean, the worst you know, the, some of the worst case scenarios that I've run into are, you know, where you have an ailing parent and the kids are running around trying to help them get their estate planning in place when they should be sitting, sitting with them, having conversations um, and just spending time with those loved ones right. instead of having to try and yeah. do all this stuff last minute. So yeah. the, I, those, those, those situations I, I hate seeing those things because I know those people would rather be doing something else. Right. And, you know, one thing that I like to, to focus on, I mean, there is, there's a lot of, I guess I'd say, you know, there, there can be, there's a lot of fear related to this. So, you know, in my practice, I try and help my clients focus on building a legacy instead of just checking boxes to, you know, easily pass on assets because, you know, I, that's, I prefer to do that. And I, I think my clients appreciate it. And I try to have as much fun as you can in this type of area yep. um, of law. But I try and do, I try and focus on, on those positive aspects of, you know, giving these type of gifts to your family and, um, you know, setting up a legacy, which is, you know, what have you learned during your lifetime that you'd like to pass on to your your loved ones so they don't have to go through the same things that you do and maybe you know start out a step or two ahead of where you were at a similar time in their life right so um, so what would give if, if you had to like you're talking to now the universe of you know business owners and entrepreneurs and startups like what is the process what's the the steps like you know let's say that you know, you're talking to someone like me who's been in business maybe four years. You know, how, what are the steps? So the first thing we do is just get together and take a look at the what type of business is it? Is it, you know, manufacturing? Is it a service-related business? Um, in certain circumstances, evaluation is, can be a great place to start. Unfortunately, those valuations can be costly, you know, anywhere from 2000 up to 10000 depending on the size of the business, um, because a lot of decisions, you know, can be based on valuation. Um, in those situations where you don't want to do a valuation, we come up with, you know, how will the business be valued in under in certain circumstances? So if in, in death, how is the business going to be valued and that kind of thing? Um, then we also identify those areas that may need help. So if the business doesn't have the policies and procedures in place to allow it to continue, if something were to happen to the business owner, that's, that's where we would, 
we'd start there as well. So, um, and that doesn't always involve me. That involves other partners who are better at that kind of thing than I am. Um, and then, you know, we draft a buy-sell agreement because, you know, when we know the value and we know what needs to be done prior to the business being marketable, uh, we can draft those agreements either with the key employee or understand, you know, what the value of the business is in order to equalize inheritance for, for the other um, children or beneficiaries. And then we continually change it. As time goes on, the business grows in value. Uh, we might want to change things. Okay. So we would just continue to review the status of the business and see if there are any other documents that, you know, would help with this succession planning process. Um, and, and that's really the best place to start. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so, okay, so beyond that, your firm also does like basic business stuff, right? Like if I wanted to create an LLC or, or C Corp or anything like that, is is that what you guys handle? Yes. So putting LLCs, S Corp, C Corps together, um, doing that. So operating agreements for LLCs, uh, corporate books for corporations, helping clients to put their, you know, annual minutes together. Okay. Those kind of things. And it, uh, but also lease reviews and contract reviews. That kind okay. Of thing. Yeah. Because I know uh, the lady that I was telling you about earlier that the she was promised this business, she had to come up with a, her own lease contract, which she was like, I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? And I was like, you yep. need to find an attorney then because I would not make that up. You know what I mean? No, no. Yeah. You, there, there are... There are things in those agreements that, you know, you want to keep an eye on, um, especially in the area of liability. Right. Um, who is going to be responsible for what if something were to happen? Exactly. Okay. Um, so, ideally, who are the different types of companies that you work with? Uh, there isn't necessarily one specific type of business uh usually it's it's any type of business under you know i'd say 10 million in revenue a year okay. um you know your de everyone's definition of a small business is different but um that's that's usually the the size of business that i work with um and then but otherwise yeah it's any any type of service manufacturing okay uh, and if someone was to look for an attorney, like what are some things that you would suggest that they should look for? Um, you know, make you know it needs to be a good fit. Uh, you know, when you're meeting with an attorney, you want to make sure that y you are able to communicate with them in a way that you like to be communicated with. Uh, you know, because in most cases you're going to have a relationship with this person for a while in the best case. And you want to make sure that it's, it's, uh, you know, that the personalities are a good fit, that the size of the office is a good fit. Um, for larger companies, 
you know, sometimes you you may need a team of 10 attorneys. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if it's a smaller business, then you may not need that many attorneys. Um, so just, you know, making sure that there's good communication and um, understanding uh, how how that attorney works and, um, well, you know, just uh, just making sure that it's a good fit, I would say, is, is the most important. Right. And uh, and I'm sure that every attorney uh, has a different way of pricing themselves. So making sure that you are very clear and upfront, um, and that you understand, you know, what their their pricing structure is, right? Well, you know, like I said before, the value is really the main thing because, you know, if if there's, you know, you you just want to make sure that the value you're receiving is is worth it i guess is probably the best way to say it uh not not being so not being um cost sensitive necessarily but just making sure that the value you're receiving is is that you can see the value coming from the attorney because if if the attorney is able to spot an issue early on and avoid costs in the future you know that that can be an that can be extremely valuable oh, yeah. where, you know, if, if they're, you know, if you go in and you just kind of check the boxes, you have the LLC created, you put the operating agreement in place, you have your stock certificates or unit certificates, membership certificates, whatever you'd like to call them. But you really haven't had that conversation about some of the issues that could arise and where, where there could be liability, then maybe it was cheaper yep. because it, it didn't cost you a whole lot of money, but the you may have missed out on quite a bit of value there by not um, having those type of conversations with your attorney. Okay. So in wrapping this up, Giff, um, like what can you offer our audience today if they're listening to this? I mean, are they able to reach out to you and ask you a question? How does that work? Sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, on my website, I have a button for a free consultation and that lasts an hour usually, um, depending on what the circumstances are and they can come in, you know, if they have, if they don't have any documents, they can just come in and, and we can talk if they have, uh, from a business owner's perspective, if they've created their own LLC, but they don't have an operating agreement or minutes, um, you know, we can, they can come in and we can talk about what some of the corporate formalities are uh, and some of the formalities for LLCs just to, you know, make sure they are getting that liability protection for the businesses. And then we can also chat about some of the things that they'll want to keep an eye out, you know, for, for an exit plan or business succession. Uh, are there key employees that, you know, they would like to groom or you know, set up to take over the company in, in the case of an unexpected loss or some type of disability um, and have that in place so they can continue the business and, and keep it profitable while the owner is unable to make those decisions on their own. Awesome. Awesome. So in case anyone missed what Gift said is there is a free consult. Uh, just go to the website um, the website is what, GIF? 
uh, www.gifcollinslaw.com. Okay, great. Uh, uh, so that's how you get a hold of Gif. Uh, he's available to you. Uh, I appreciate your time, Gif. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Kat. Yes, that's fun. yes. And I uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Talk to you soon. If you have listened to the Stand Out and Grow podcast recently, you have heard that we just launched a marketing consultant certification program. This 12-month program will give you the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to run your own marketing consultation business to generate your passive income today. We are excited to offer a 40% discount to the first 25 participants. So go reserve your spot today at www.katherineramirez.net. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this.